from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week we're talking about the sword of righteous comedy, but it's really blunted and it doesn't work. All right, so it's kind of like the sword in the stone. Yeah. Lift it out to use it effectively. It's like the sword got stuck in the stone halfway out and got sort of banged up. So just the tip. Mm. Just the tip, Emmanuel. Okay. (laughs) Humor is still alive, kind of. (laughs) Zing. (laughs) We're also talking about why Beyonce and I need to be BFFs, and I'm going to give you guys a little quiz on twins. Oh. See how much you know about them. My boyfriend's a twin, so I know a little bit. Ooh, okay, okay. So you may have the edge in this yeah. quiz situation. Identicals? Fraternal. Oh. I was thinking like a Sweet Valley High situation where like, which one's which? Yeah, I don't know who I'm living with at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I will take you guys on a journey into the past. I don't know if you know this or not, but Donald Trump's favorite president is Andrew Jackson. Hi. So in order to understand him better, we're going to try to understand Andrew a little better. Mm. So, Andrew Jackson is to Donald Trump as Abraham Lincoln is to Barack Obama, is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like a sentence that includes Abraham and Trump. I know how you feel like that. (laughs) Anyway, we have a lot to get to. We do. Carly, do your thing. Thanks. Guys, it's good to laugh, right? Of course. Have you been laughing a lot recently? No. (laughs) They call it the best medicine? I, in recent weeks, have been thinking a lot about humor. We want to cry, so we laugh. And we're also told that making fun of something removes its power. And weirdly, the example that popped into my mind, which I think is very apt, is how I and a generation of young girls were told, if you encounter a flasher in the street, laugh at them because it removes their power. Did you get received that advice? Girl, if I, I was told if I received, <laughs> it was more like cuss them out or call somebody. Or get some scissors. Or run, you know. Mm, Lorena yeah, Bobbitt had once an again, idea. You, you, were, you were in the, the, the posh in the, hills in the, of, of in the village, and, and, I, and I was in East Oakland. So there's a different response to those kinds of encounters. That was genuinely the advice, though. Laugh and it robs them of their power. Are Just, you serious? Yeah, use, use comedy as the tool. Even at a young age, that's what I was being oh. told. And I think a lot of people thought that using comedy and like political satire, particularly as a weapon, would be an effective way to combat Donald Trump's presidential candidacy and some of the ideas which he was using to run with. A lot of people thought, oh, this is the way that we detract by laughing. But let's be honest, if that was the goal, it did not work. It failed spectacularly. And I think a lot of what people are realizing now is that comedy often rests on like the absurdity of a situation. But in the current climate where we're in, where we're talking about lies being rebranded as alternative facts, mm-hmm. alt facts, everything is absurd. And we are actually numbed to it now. And Emmanuel, I know you and I were talking about this, about how the makers of South Park having ridden the Trump train for a very long time Mm -hmm. for comic potential, have now said that they're not going to make jokes about Trump anymore because they kind of don't see where their niche is anymore. People say to us all the time, you know, like, oh, you guys are getting all this good material. Like, we're happy about, you know, some of the stuff that's happening. But 
I don't know if that's true. It no. doesn't feel that way. No, mm. it, it feels like, like they're going to be more difficult. Yeah, they're going out and doing the comedy. Like they're already yeah. doing it, so yeah. it's not like something you can make fun of. Fair yeah. enough. You can't make. Yeah, can't, it's just. Yeah. yeah, we're having our head blown off like everyone else. Mm. Well, I mean, you have a whole list of people. Like South Park has been on it. Colbert, John Stewart were yep. on it. I mean, John Oliver begged him to run. Just so he would have this material. This is the thing. We were right? all very busy laughing. And yeah. this is what made me think that if we're expecting comedy to be this super effective political tool, it has revealed itself to be anything but. And where do we go from there? And like, what went wrong? So I started looking back at like, what did go wrong from the perspective of someone who thinks that it did go wrong. Ooh, however, timeline, come on. Let's be honest. A lot of people in this country are very pleased about the way that things have panned out. You know, their candidate won. So I don't want to discuss that. I'm going to just take a deep breath there. However... Like comedy was used as this weapon against Donald Trump. If you think of like, as you say, John Oliver and John Stewart mm-hmm. coming out of retirement, Saturday Night Live, that amazing Alec Baldwin impression that he did. It's like the court jesters speaking truth to power thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And let's be honest, like we live in a world where comedians get jailed by repressive regimes all the time. I was reading just today about how when Vladimir Putin came into power in 2000, there was a TV station that used to mock him mercilessly with this cartoon character that resembled him. And when he came into power, he uh, shut the station down, put it under state control. Oh, okay. Uh Yeah. So The day the laughter died. (laughs) There's Uh clearly a power to comedy that frightens authority. And this is where it gets interesting for me because I started remembering that 2001 roast of Donald Trump that was done by none other than 44th President of the United States, Barack Obama, when the whole birtherism thing was coming out. And that it was Barack Obama's default to mock him. And it was merciless. Actually, let's hear a clip. No one is happier. No one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? Did you see his face, though? If you've ever watched that video when everyone else was laughing, not a smirk. It's he amazing. didn't have a smirk, and some people say that that is when he the decision he made the decision yeah. that he was well. Some going people, to run. including Kellyanne Conway, who said, "Yeah, that was basically the the moment, the seed yeah. that led his to advisors him. have said that, that was the point where he was like, you know what, I need to be taken seriously, and I'm going to run." And like the fact that jokes actually triggered that, you know, the playground bully were told, don't react to them, make fun of them. And like, this is what mm. happened. Like the bully punched back. Lots of really interesting writing on this online, actually. The Atlantic has this great article called The Limits of the Late Night Comedy Takedown by a guy called Adam Felder. And it talks about all of those uh, John Oliver segments, those Trevor Noah segments mm-hmm. um, that the morning afterwards pop up on Facebook with the headline like, John Oliver destroys Trump or Trevor Noah, like eviscerated Congress. And this article goes into detail about talking why it's a mistake for liberals watching that to think that everybody's watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, in other bubbles, people are seeing Tommy Lauren destroys Trevor Noah exactly. on the show or whatever. And other folks would watch a John Oliver segment and think, well, that's not funny and that's not accurate. That's just an unfair, unjust attack by a, a biased media. Yeah. So actually, like overstating the importance of this is really 
it's an easy road to go down. And I think a lot of people went down it. John yeah. Stewart actually said, this is so depressing, guys. He put together a clip of all the issues he took on in his 16 years at The Daily Show. Mm. He put together this, this clip reel. And then he said, you know what? My years of evisceration have embedded nothing. He didn't think it changed wow. anything. And John Stewart is the one saying that. But I would disagree that John Stewart and, and Stephen Colbert had no impact. I think they sort of like involved people in certain political processes and different topics and ideas that they ordinarily probably wouldn't have done. That's if true. It wasn't for John them. Stewart had that very real win with the uh, I think it was the 9/11 first responders yes. yeah. campaign. That's something that actually changed things. And he he addressed that and he said, well, that was kind of a that was the outlier. Yeah. Like, this was not the norm that everything he took on then got changed, which is a really depressing thought. And it just makes me wonder about the appropriateness of comedy mm. right now as a reaction. And I don't know, in this brave new world, is laughing really the right response? Is it going to get anything done? Kind of in the vein of Jon Stewart, the kind of comedy that I think is useful is the kind that, you know, jokes leading up to a point or like trying to educate the public about something. And I feel like Samantha Bee does a really good job. Mm-hmm. She does a great job. So, to Samantha you know, she's not just like poking fun and like, ah, this is ridiculous. Oh, well, it's mm-hmm. like she's outraged and she wants us to be involved and educated before we go out there and protest. And she makes jokes along the way yep. to make it palatable because you can't just say like, hey, here's all the effed up stuff that's happening the end it's not the nightly news mm-hmm. and i'm glad that she's created this space for herself and you know late night didn't want a female comic on the Screw roster <laughs> and then tbs was like hey you can come here come and she's yeah. made such a great thing and i'm sure nbc and all those places are like oh we should have grabbed her i totally agree because i think that what sets her apart is the outrage that it's just not it's not the snark it's not the the wry observation mm-hmm. like she's genuinely pissed off when she presents and you can oh, yeah, she tell is. there's a really interesting um piece by a writer called hollywood on medium and she talks about snark not being the way to combat certain ideologies, she says, and I quote, snark is the humor of the privileged who have the luxury of labeling themselves progressive while never worrying about their skin being in the game. Mm, yes, ah. true. Ouch. Because if your head is on the, what is it? It's what you harder yes. to laugh. Then it's hard to laugh. It's not like, oh, they're going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. When you feel the cold blade of the guillotine. Yes, you're not. That's, <laughs> you're that's not cracking jokes. Sword in the stone again, my yes. friend. I don't know. Like, comedy doesn't, like, lead. Humor doesn't lead you. Like, its strength is that it bonds us and makes us all part of this collective, like, you know, united through laughter. But it doesn't suggest, like, one path forward that a collective can take, if you know what I mean. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like if it's done right, like Samantha B, like you mentioned, she's someone who's doing it great. I remember watching Colbert over the years, and he would make fun or poke fun at a politician or at a particular issue, and then he would, like, throw in actual organizations that you can go to to support. Hmm. You know what I mean? So I think if it's done the right way, like a, a like a meme here, you know what I mean? A snarky tweet there. Oh, yeah. Let's protect the memes. Gonna, Come yeah, on. like, let's protect memes. <laughs> you know, but I like, think now what comedians have to realize, particularly the ones who sort of like fashion themselves as sort of a pundits, mm. they have to realize that they have more power than they thought they did. Yeah. I think meme culture is, you know, a way for us to get through these times and it's not supposed to solve anything. Mm. And then, you know, the Samantha Bees of the world are more activist comedy and they're actually going to help us get through and then help us change something. So I think there are different kinds. Some of them work, some of them don't. But we've learned 
when you make a joke about Trump, he freaks out and tweets about it and it does affect him. We'll get through. We'll get under his skin in little ways and we'll find the laughter again, maybe. I guess. I mean, I am never going to say to someone, look, if humor is your default, that's wrong. Don't do it. But I do wish people would be prepared for the reality that there are limits Mm -hmm. to the power of laughter. Like laughter does not undo legislation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't restore canceled visas. It doesn't return funding that has been taken away and it doesn't unbuild a wall. So then basically go ahead, yuck it up, laugh, 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 laugh. Now what? Exactly. And don't be surprised when the lights turn off. Exactly. Now what? (laughs) Or laugh, 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 and then go do something. Yeah, exactly. That's better. Yeah. Do both. Then we should put that on a T-shirt. We should. And we will. Our first merchandise. (laughs) We're going to profit off of this whole apocalypse thing. (laughs) (laughs) But that joke isn't funny anymore. It's too close to home and it's too near the bone. It's too close to home. All right, so now that we've had that sunny segment from Carly, we're going to turn around and talk about something that made everybody smile, and that is Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles, Carter announcing that she is pregnant with not one, but dos <laughs> J&B babies that are coming I in I believe they're called twins, right? Twins. I believe twins. they're called Bonnie and Clyde 17. Exactly. All I need in this life of sin All exactly. is me and my twins. So this announcement was great for a lot of people and it brought them, you know, the, the ray of sunshine that they needed. But it was particularly great for me because it just solidified that me and Beyonce need to be BFFs. So, like, I'm just going to go down a list of reasons why the two of us need to be friends and why she should just give me a call right after this episode. Number one, we're both Virgos. It means nothing to me. Virgo. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Carly is an astrology denier. Now I get to wind you up. (laughs) How close are your birthdays? So I am September 3rd. She is September 4th. Wow. Oh my God, really? One day apart. Two, her mother's side of the family from Louisiana. My maternal line from Louisiana. Three, Beyonce was on Star Search as a child. And so were you. You were on Star Search. I wanted to be on Star Search as a child. I was not on Star Search. I watched it several times. (laughs) Several times. So... The similarities keep stacking up. They yeah. keep stacking up. The only reason why I was not on Star Search is because Matthew Knowles was not my father. Right. Mm. If he had been my father or if they would have taken me in, yeah. certain that I would have been what there. What a so. setback. What a setback. I mean, girls' time is what she was on there with. And they had like seven members. Exactly. You could have been I could have totally been in that group. We were pregnant the same time. The first time around when she was pregnant with Blue Ivy, I was pregnant with Isaiah. We had considered having a joint baby shower, but she didn't know me, so we decided against it. I thought you were going to say we conceived together. (laughs) Oh. But you went a different way. That's that's fine. That's a whole, that's a, we're not in that club. But, you know. I was going to say. But, you know, we were drunk in love and had some babies. Um, (laughs) Woke up in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Woke up in the kitchen. Uh, Both of us continue to be working moms and arguably got better and more confident with time as mothers. So I'm just going to throw that out there. I mean, you're a badass. Right. And she's a badass. I'm just saying. Once again, stacking up. This is why we need to be BFFs. And lastly, in 2013, I made the decision, or at least my ovaries did, to have twins. Yes. Yes. And in 2017, she made that same decision. Mm. So I just feel like given all of the things we have in common and our clear kinship that I can offer some advice. So number one, keep up the date nights. 
Okay. Okay. So we saw Lemonade. We saw how that all played out. It was a little shaky there for a minute. We saw everybody saw the elevator video. Very much so. You know, a little shaky, a little shaky. Solange did what she had to Solange do. Solange did what she had to do. Mortal Kombat. Okay. <laughs> Finish him. Multiple studies. <laughs> Fatality. Multiple studies have shown that parents of twins have a slightly higher rate of divorce. Oh. So I'm just saying, though. So we got to, so Jay-Z needs to step up his game. Only some, slightly I'm higher. I'm just saying. I'm slightly, so some flowers, you know, yeah. foot rubs. You know, he mm-hmm. needs to just step up his game and, and take care of business if he wants to not have lemonade part two. Don't come in smelling like someone else's perfume. Don't come in smelling like someone else's perfume. Get it in check. Two, buy accessories. Okay. <laughs> what so kind? Buy accessories. Twin bellies are heavy. And oh. I, I took a stance and was like, I'm not going to buy any support. So I just walked around with the big belly. Buy the harness. Just do it. <laughs> Wait, Create a Blue Ivy harness and just do like it. like strapping yourself in. So listen, carrying two people, that's a heavy load. It's very much so. And especially if you carry like I carry, which it appears like she's carrying, which means the rest of your body doesn't get large. It literally is just the belly. Oh, I've seen a photo of you with the twins inside right, you. Right, right. It is insane. You have to literally tilt backward to walk and make sure that you don't fall forward. So just buy the harness, buy whatever accessories that are suggested to you. Get the pregnancy pillow because you're not going to rub up against Jay-Z. You're not going to lay up against him. He's hot. You're going to be angry. Back up off me. (laughs) Get the pillow. Okay. Get the My Breast Friend. Look it up. And also get the baby swing because you can't hold both of them. You only got two arms. Okay. okay? Did you also have a belly ring when you were pregnant with the twins? Because I looked at her photos Mm -hmm. and she's keeping hers in. So I had a belly ring when I was pregnant with Isaiah and I was like, that's coming so out. So again, you again, are... A, uh, once again. Another echo. Advice. The evidence is becoming so hard to ignore. So hard to ignore. I'm just saying. Also, stop, drop, and sleep. <laughs> stop, drop, and sleep. Okay? okay? You're dealing with two people. When they sleep, you sleep. I don't care what you're doing. You could be washing dishes. Well, actually, don't wash dishes. You got help oh, for yeah, that. No, no. Listen, you, I don't care what you're doing. Once they fall asleep, you need to fall asleep. Get some rest because there are two of them and try to force them to be on the same sleep schedule if you can. That's what I did with my twins. I was like, listen, he sleep, girl, I'm sorry. It's time for you to go to sleep. <laughs> Down That's you allowed. go. Yep. Down you go. We all have to sleep. So just get some sleep. Also, allow them to develop their individual personalities. A lot of people try to like force twins to be the same, dress alike, do things. But just let them be individual people. Just take a Sharpie and put like a little mark on one's forehead. <laughs> exactly. So you know which is which. That's what Tia and Tamara's parents did. Tamara has a mole and the other one doesn't. Just, I don't think the mole's sharp enough. Put a, <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> I have no way of knowing. <laughs> Prove it. Prove it. Okay, and lastly, moisturize. Because yes. studies yes. have shown, multiple studies have shown, women who have twins, they live longer than women who don't. Oh, hey. Damn. Okay, so make sure you keep the moisturizer on. You're going to live long, girl. Just take care of yourself. You're huh? going to sing at all your friends' funerals because you're going to be here for a while. Exactly. Oh, you're going to be here for God. a while. Okay. Why so to take something positive and make it negative, Emmanuel. <laughs> Hope you like going to funerals. You're going to be going to a lot she of She likes singing and being the center of attention. Yeah, true. I On the plus then. side. And also, I want Jameter singing at my funeral. I'll exa- just say. <gasps> I got you. I got you. What would you sing? Ooh. <laughs> I would I would make an exception and sing something by Taylor Swift just for you. Oh. oh. I, actually, you don't have to do that. <laughs> but I appreciate say, the sentiment. It's but worth, on the plus side. It's worth killing Emmanuel just to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> on the plus side, Beyonce and I will be the last two people alive. So she can come and we can do a duet. There you go. Exactly. Oh, my God. So with that said, I'm going to do a little quiz to test your knowledge of twins. Oh, my God. Can you, can you I'd hang? love that. I can okay. handle that, yeah. First, do the two of you know the difference between identical and fraternal twins? Yeah. Wait, the identical ones look the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and the fraternal ones don't. Oh, it's something to do how the egg splits and mm-hmm. when it splits, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. So identical twins are just born from the same egg. The egg splits, 
you know, it creates two different babies. Fraternal twins mean the mother pushed out more than one egg and both eggs were fertilized. Right. Oh, so right. Two eggs the on same, your toast. But different. Yeah. Right. So, but, you know, one little uh, piece of commentary is that I have boy-girl twins and people ask me all the time if they're identical. And I'm like, well, they have one very specific part that's not identical, so that's not possible. (laughs) Read a book. You're like, also, (laughs) the face. Exactly. I mean, I don't like to rag on people, but people can be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so then let's get into this lightning quiz. First, which state has the highest rate of twin births? Michigan, Utah, New Jersey, or Florida? Utah. Utah. New Jersey. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Followed by Massachusetts and Connecticut. So this is different, by the way, because this is by the rate of birth, not the population. Population-wise, the highest rate, California, Texas, and New York. That's just because there are more people. Yeah. You guys, I literally discounted New Jersey because I thought Bruce Springsteen doesn't have a twin. <laughs> That's literally where my brain went. All right. The state with the lowest rate of twin births. New Mexico, Montana, Alaska. Montana. Alaska. New Mexico. Oh. We suck at this. Mm-hmm. We really do. <laughs> Followed by Arizona and Arkansas. Also, consuming which of these products makes you more prone to have twins? Dairy, red meat, leafy greens. Leafy greens. Red meat. Dairy. Oh, God. What is wrong with us? Drink the milk. If you want the twins, get a glass of milk. Hi. Okay. It is possible for twins to have two different dads. True or false? True. True. That's true. So Yikes. if you have the fraternal situation where you pop out, you know, more than mm-hmm. one egg, which is, you know, it's genetic. That's what I did. And then say you get with two different dudes within a course of a week. Which you also did. It's- <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to him, honey. That is not what happened. <laughs> Although I did get asked why one of my twins is black and the other one is white. Oh, But we oh. won't even go into that. That's for another segment. Things people say to Jamidra in supermarkets. Read a book. Yeah. Let's just do a little jingle. Jingle. Berkeley, not so liberal. Okay. <laughs> this particular celebrity has a twin. Giselle Bunchen, Scarlett Johansson, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, wait, I know this. Um, Ashton. No, it's Scarlett Johansson. Her twin is a boy. It is all of them. Wow. No, so I wonder what Giselle's twin is, looks like and, and is doing. Like, if you have a supermodel twin, can you imagine that? We just talked about the pressure of, like, twins and have, letting them have their own identity. You're like, my twin is a supermodel. Oh, yeah. I feel crap enough with, like, just living in the same world as Giselle, let alone her being my <laughs> twin. I can't imagine the pressure of that. Do you know that Egyptian guy who's really famous right now? His name's, like, Rami or something. Oh, the dude from Mr. Robot? Yes. He has a twin, and his twin is finer than he is. No. Look it up. Ooh. Pressure. All right. They're here's both the hot. last Whatever. one. Riddle me this. Twins can have separate birthdays, yes or no? Yes. Show your work. Show your work. I have. I can show my work. Okay. <laughs> you know, the strike of midnight. One's 11.59, the other one's midnight. Yeah, it does. True. That's what I was going to say. Boom. Also, another thing that I read, if you do in vitro and you end up having twin eggs and you fertilize one and fertilize the other later, they can be years apart. Or New Year's Day and Eve, yeah. like mm-hmm. Miss Carly. Like me, hi. Yeah. New Year's Eve, baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fireworks every year, guys. And your twin could have been New Year's Day. I don't have a twin. Well, it's because you killed it. Way to bring it down. (laughs) You were like, only one of us is getting out of here. Super dark again. Just took it there. You know, we're doing the best we can. I love a twin. And wrapping it up, Beyonce, you can always DM me on Twitter because I follow you. You just have to follow me back, girl. And then we can talk about <laughs> just slide right this. into those DMs. Just slide right. We can talk about this. We can set up a play date and I'll just you know I'm 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 three years into this. We can we can work it out. Great. <laughs> Can't wait to hear from her. <laughs> So you 
guys, there have been some changes in the White House recently. The occupant is different than it was a few (laughs) weeks ago. But a small change caught my eye, and it is the photo that's next to the desk in the Oval Office. In this position, Obama had a photo of the Statue of Liberty's arm holding the torch of liberty and freedom. Mm -hmm. That's been taken down. Is it replaced with a photo from the 2017 inauguration? Yeah, the one that's bigger than Obama's. Yes, that one. And bigger than the Women's March. That one, yes, yes. Close. Wait, I know what the photo is. What is it? It's Barack Obama, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And in the background, he's photoshopped into like a Kenyan countryside where he's really from. So Trump replaced that with a portrait of Andrew Jackson. In case you don't know much about Andrew Jackson. And I don't. He's on the 20. He's going to be on it until 2020 when Harriet Tubman takes over. Yes. You know what? I forgot about that. It's Black History Month. I need to just let that soak in. Yeah. Let's take a moment to just like let it, you know, marinate. Mm. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) Until then, he's going to be on our 20. He's also on Native Americans' minds because he was the orchestrator of the Trail of Tears. Oh. Oh, yes. And this is the man that Trump has put a photo of next to his desk. He sees a lot of himself in Andrew Jackson, who's remembered as someone who loved to fight, loved to be right, and was like a rabble rouser and like the people's person and whatever. So I thought if we go back into history to learn more about Andrew Jackson, maybe we will understand Trump better. Do we have to take this trip? (laughs) This is a mandatory field trip. I hope your mom signed the slip. I don't have a permission slip, so I think I can just hang back. (laughs) See you in the bar. (laughs) You might need to go to a bar after hearing some of this stuff. So Jackson was born in 1767. He's a Pisces, because I know that Carly's wondering. Obviously. His birthplace is disputed. It's somewhere along the border of North Carolina and South Carolina, and they fight over this through high school sports. They do a high school football game. Whoever wins, the team from North Carolina or the team from South Carolina, gets to claim him for that year. I don't know why you would want that, but... Okay. His birth literally is an alternative (laughs) fact. Okay. So I'm already seeing the similarities here. Hmm. During the Revolutionary War, Jackson was going through puberty, and he enlisted in the war as a courier. So he's like 12, running around, doing whatever. Classic response to puberty. Yes. He gets captured because he's 12. And one of these British people who captured him was like, young Andrew, spit shine my boot, you American weasel. Andrew Jackson says, you can go f*** yourself. (gasps) To which the British men got his saber and slashed Andrew Jackson's face. And he has that scar for the rest of his life. In fairness, though, that is a a sign of affection in British culture. (laughs) (laughs) You know you're loved by the size of your scar. Yes. That's something Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob would say. Remember they had the blood vials around their necks? I actually loved those two as a couple. I still think it's going to happen. 2018, guys. Oh, yeah. So he was eventually released because his mom did some prisoner exchange and his little brother who was captured with him and was released as well died right after from smallpox. His mom then died right after that. His dad had been long dead because nothing goes right for Andrew Jackson. Clearly. So at the age of 14, he was an orphan. Eventually, he gets involved in another war. He wins a decisive victory against Native Americans. Pause for side A. Mm. Yeah. That is the sound effect of a side eye. Yeah. 
And he also won a huge battle with the help of pirates who he convinced to help him. He's like, hey, pirates, you're not doing anything other than like looting and raping and stuff. Come with me. Let's beat these Brits. So he wins. So SAT analogy, George Washington is to the Revolutionary War as Andrew Jackson is to the War of 1812. He was seen as this big hero. Everyone's like obsessed. And back in the day, they didn't have Us Weekly. So there was like two celebrities and he's one of them. Hmm. So he's already been in two wars. He loves to fight just in general. Clearly. And he had a really bad temper, they said. He was quite vengeful. Hmm. Sound Continue. Familiar? Do you know anything about the size of his hands? <laughs> well, I do know the size of his body. He was 6'2 and 140 pounds. So he was a very slender slight of a man. Okay. I'm going to take a hard look at my 20 and see if I can <laughs> see his hands in the photo. He loved to settle scores and particularly loved duels as the way to do that. And one major reason for all these duels he was in was his girlfriend, Rachel. Rachel is married to oh. someone else, <laughs> oh. which made a lot of people talk and call her a trollop, mm. a hoe, mm. other impolite words. Wow. And Andrew Jackson was like, oh, no, I'm going to stand up for my woman. He was having none of this. So unlike Trump, I don't know, you be the judge. He stood up for a woman's rights. Mm. To not be called a trollop. And he's like, let's take this to the battlefield. Let's take this outside. He was in 103 duels. A lot of these were about Rachel. That's so many. It's a lot of blood. And um, apparently it's not a, just a British thing to slash someone's faces. Apparently not. The most famous duel is against this man, Charles Dickinson, who wrote this like op-ed about what a whore this woman was. So he's like, Charles, let's go outside. <laughs> Charles is good with a gun. So Andrew's like, mm, this is probably it for me, I guess. Uh. You're supposed to shoot at the same time, like that you like turn and shoot. Right. That's, oh, yeah, I've seen the movies, yeah. That's the jam. So Charles turns and shoots, mm -hmm. hits Andrew in the chest. <gasps> Andrew did not shoot and then took his time targeting Charles, which is not allowed, and then shoots him in the throat and he dies on Ooh, the spot. That is not the way to fight a duel. And that's what people said. They said, it's very controversial. How dare you? Mm -hmm. There are roles to us brutally murdering each other over gossip and op-eds. How dare you, sir? He survives, but he has a bullet lodged near his heart and his lungs, so he coughs blood up for the rest of his life. Ooh. Where's Rachel also? She's at home. She's watching her stories. Okay, I'm just watching. <laughs> She's chilling. He got into a fight with a senator at a bar, and he got shot in the arm, so there's another bullet that's there. And... Mm. Oh, also, an English assassin tried to kill him, pointed the gun at him, shot. Nothing happened. He takes out a second gun, shoots, nothing happens. And then Andrew Jackson takes out his cane and beats this MFR really badly. Beat on the Brit. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a Ramones reference. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool. Oddly. <laughs> so he was running for office and he was going against John Quincy Adams. Unlike Trump, Andrew Jackson won the popular vote, but did not ascend to the presidency. He was very mad about Ooh. it. So he was, he was like, Hillary. yeah, and he was just like, I can't believe that happened. So for the next four years, he's like, I'm trying again. The people are going to rise up and I'm going to be president. And that worked. He's president. Only because he tweeted about it, right? Right. Okay. So everything's going well for him. And there's, you know, nothing to be worried about. Like mm -hmm. everyone in his family's dead. So nothing to be concerned about. Just Rachel. Except for Rachel, who dies right oh. before his inauguration. They bury her in the dress, the white dress that she was going to wear at his inauguration. So. Oh, God. And they buried her on December 24th, right before Christmas. Oh, mm. No one needs that on Christmas Eve. Jeez. So he is in mourning when he gets to the White House. Basically, he loved hyperbole. He loved exaggerating and like huge statements. He said things like, I will kill the Bank of the United States, even though it's like the bank of the country. Hmm. Huh. So far, not ringing any bells. He was 
threatening to withdraw all of the country's money from the bank of the country, which makes no sense. Oh. And the treasury secretary was like, I'm not going to do that because that's illegal. And the Treasury Secretary had to resign. And then Jackson did it anyway. He didn't really care much about law. He just did what he wanted to do. That seems to resonate today as well. Can't Um, imagine who Who? you're talking about. No. He believed that what he wanted was what the people wanted. So everything he did, he was like, well, I'm doing it for Americans. I'm doing it for the people. So he got away with a lot of things by just pretending like his whims were co-signed by more than just him. Mm, Okay. Like I said earlier is well-known for relocating the Native Americans from the Deep South and marching them to Oklahoma. Thousands died so that white farmers could come and have more plantations. So he actually made slavery worse. Andrew Jackson had soldiers of his own executed just for not following orders. People were like, maybe you shouldn't kill them for that. So that happened. I don't like history anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, he, he would say he believed one thing and do another. He's like, I like limited government, but I actually want more powers than the executive has had up until this point. He didn't worry about consistency. So to refresh, he's been in a lot of wars. Mm. Trump deferred five times. So not necessarily mm. like Andrew Jackson defended his woman to the death, other people's deaths several times. Trump doesn't really defend women, mm. I would say. They both like to fight. They both like to do what they want to do. One won the popular vote, one did not. He, unlike Trump, read 17 newspapers. We know Trump doesn't like to read. Self-described non-reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, that's, he doesn't that's have time true. for it. He that's knows everything already. Yeah. So, Andrew Jackson was said to have tons of hair and was known for that. Mm. Yeah, well, Trump mm. is known for having hair, hair in general. Ish. Yes. Yeah. So that's a thing. Uh-huh. And to end this history lesson, Andrew Jackson died, you guys. I mean, everybody does. Okay. He died from dropsy. You could say he death drop seed. Oh, what's what's, what's a death drop? Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) Wait. Bob the drag queen taught us. Oh, you fall back very quickly with your leg bent. So it's called a death drop. And so I said he died from. Yeah, with death drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get it. So um, humor is dead, I guess, is what we covered in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Humor RIP. So all of that to say. That is the president that our president sees a lot of himself in. His portrait is in the Oval Office. He will be shaping what Trump does today because I'm sure he's looking back to see what worked and what didn't. So more to come. I will say this. I don't give a damn who is in the office. I know Harriet better be on my 20 come 2020. That's all I'm going to say. Get this, though. They're like, we're going to take Andrew Jackson off because people have issues with him. Mm -hmm. And they're going to put Harriet Tubman on. They put him on the back. Mm -hmm. White people nonsense. So that is your history lesson in white people nonsense. Next month, Iggy Azalea. Yes! So it's time for our peak and pit of the week. Oh, what do you have for peak us this week? Peak and pit of the week. The, the beginning of, of it. Hey! hey. The beginning of it. Hey! <laughs> So let's start with the pit. This week, it is about hidden figures, a.k.a. Hidden fences. Hidden fences. Oh, gosh. Okay. Director Theodore Melfi admitted to adding several fictitious storylines to make the white person be the savior. That didn't really happen in history. Okay. Are you talking about the Kevin Costner part when he he ripped down the sign? Because I was like, did this happen? Or is this movie magic? We'll get into that. So here's a quote from the director on why he did that. (sighs) Deep breaths. Quote. 
there needs to be white people who do the right thing. Good night. Oh. Girl, if there weren't white people doing the right thing in this, history, mm, it can't be mm, in the historical mm, movie. Mm, so God. this came up twice. You, you know, I agree with him. You're right. There, there should be. There needs to be white people <laughs> doing the right thing. That would have been great at several junctures in history. And yet, here we are. At two points in the movie, the mm-hmm. one that you mentioned earlier, which is one of the women in the film needs mm-hmm. to pee. Apparently, the colored bathroom was across campus Mm -hmm. and they showed her like running across campus to like not piss herself and kevin costner white savior smashes the sign Mm -hmm. so that she can pee in peace oh they had a moment in which he confronted her about why she had disappeared for so long and why she keeps disappearing for long periods of time during the day and then she finally just got outraged in the middle of all of the white people and said well there is no restroom here for me He stomped over there with a baseball bat and valiantly knocked down the colored sign and declared that there would be no more separate restrooms and we're all going to take a piss together. And I was side eye. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, why am I not watching The Bodyguard right now? (laughs) Another false thing, falsehood, alternative fact, is these women being able to watch John Glenn's success from Mission Control. You see... Oh my god. In the movie, these black women are initially shut out of mission control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Only for a white dude to beckon her in as she starts to walk away. And she gets to watch from the mission control. In real life, this woman was denied access and forced to watch from her desk. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Despite the fact that without her, that would not have been happening. Exactly. Mm. So pit of the week for revisionist history because we have enough revisions going on right yeah, now. Yeah, let's not. Let's just stick to the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. And that brings me to my peak of the week, which is all about facts. Okay. That is, uh, you know, I value, can I just say how much I value facts? You know who else does? I love facts. (laughs) You know who else loves? Mm. Fellow Libra, Kimberly, Noelle, Kardashian West. I, you know She's been quiet of late. This is the first time in my my adult life that I have ever been inspired. Uh, I did not follow through, (laughs) but inspired to retweet a Kim Kardashian tweet. I did, and I added text to it that said, Come the f- through, Kimberly. <laughs> Kimberly, full name. She and I are like real close. It's like me and Beyonce. You just exactly. Yes. My list on why I also have babies every time Kim does coming mm-hmm. next week. Exactly. So a lot of celebrities are worried about their brand and aren't speaking out as much. Taylor I've Swift. noticed that. <clears throat> Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Something in my throat. Mm-hmm. So in the wake of this Muslim ban, the day that that was happening and all the people were going to the airports to protest this executive order by trump kim kardashian posted a graphic on her twitter the only text was statistics Mm -hmm. and i will share some with you now number of americans killed annually by colon islamic jihadist immigrants two far right-wing terrorists five all islamic jihadist terrorists including u.s citizens nine armed toddlers 21 oh my god lightning 31 Mm-hmm. Lawn mowers, 69. Mm-hmm. I see where she's going with this. Being hit by a bus, 264. Mm-hmm. Falling out of bed, 737. That seems very mm-hmm. high. How high are these beds? Take the bottom bunk, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and finally, being shot by another American, 11,737. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. you have it. And Fight the real enemy, hashtag Sinead O'Connor. I'm just saying, it, when you have when you have facts, who needs alternative facts is all I'm hang saying. Hang on, hang on a minute. I got a sound effect for you. That is us doing it twice in three episodes. (laughs) (laughs) So all that to say, people say a lot of stuff about Kim. 
But as an avid watcher of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, she always brings up gun reform on the show. Didn't mm-hmm. know that. She even had a luncheon with parents of victims of gun violence. Interesting. On the last season. And she's outspoken about it. And on the same episodes, Caitlin is outspoken in the other direction, but we won't go into that. Mm. So I want to thank Inspoken. Kimberly for sharing statistics. If you have a problem with facts, you got a problem with me. Mm. Meet me in these streets. <laughs> Don't, mm. actually, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back. Facts. Okay, so for this song of the week, I just want to give a stern, solid shout out to the one, Missy Misdemeanor Ellie. Oh. Hey! For coming through last week when we could all use a little bit of extra oomph. Yeah. Okay. In addition to her dancers who showed us a new way to use yoga balls because Ooh. the video was, oh, yeah. it was better than anything we've seen in a really long time. <laughs> I got my life. I don't know about you, but when I saw Missy Elliott drop the video, I got my life. Yeah, life got. And life back. I, and then I also remember the fact that Katy Perry got forgotten at the Super Bowl a few years ago when she brought For a good reason. <laughs> you can't bring Missy out and expect to be the center bring of attention. Missy out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So can we just take a. Take I learned a that lesson the hard way. Exactly. <laughs> and my bar mitzvah, same thing. Yeah. Also, in this time of nasty women, Missy Elliott does <laughs> not get her just due because Missy Elliott is one of the originals. She is so original. Her videos are original. Her music is so original. She's a trailblazer, and there's nobody like her. So let's ride out on that. I'm better by Missy Elliott. Yeah, he got bands in the band, though. Missy got dudes in Orlando. Cause I got cause it painful. Man, I be too much to handle. Watch what I do when I get up on you, Papi Petro. And my room is zooming the pool. He watching my body like he watching scandals. But I'm just here. Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. And thanks to Jay Simpson for helping me edit. Please subscribe on iTunes. Also rate us if you like us. If you don't, um, you never heard this. Until next week, find us on social media. I am Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter. I am at Teacup in the Bay. I am at Jamitra Says. Follow us. Favorite our stuff. Retweet. Bye. Bye. on the beat. I don't compete with none of these geeks. I just rent like I'm cotton yet. Yeah, he got bands in the band, Missy got dudes in Orlando. And now he travel cause he paying for. He say I'm too much on my handful.